Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, if you're just, if you're just joining us, this is a series all about how, how do we get from here to there? How, how do we best prepare for what's next? And to continue the analogy from week one, uh, I learned a valuable lesson from my brother-in-law as we're four-wheel driving that uh, the big issue in life is not uh, if we get stuck but when we get stuck and in fact he said to me Sam you've never been four-wheel driving unless you get stuck Uh, because part of the fun for a four-wheel driver is that they like to get out of those tricky situations and the deepest fear for a four-wheel driver is not that they get stuck but they're not ready to go and so we've been asking are there things that we can be doing now before the year begins, to be ready to go. And so we said yes. In week one, we realized there are some things that we can pack into our lives earlier rather than later. Um, The first one was a guidebook, which we were saying, if you need a guidebook from where you're going, then you have the humility to realize you don't know what you're doing. Um, But more importantly, you need uh, a mirror. You need to use that guidebook as a mirror, says James in his book, uh, to constantly look at that, compare yourself. James said it's the doing that makes a difference. It's not good enough just to sit and listen in church and think that you're going to be changed. That's like sitting a Volkswagen in your garage and thinking that it's going to turn into a Porsche. Um, Then we realized that uh, more than just some motion sickness tablets here, the thing that you really needed was to anchor yourself to God, that uh, the soul needs an anchor. And most powerfully with an anchor, the anchor by its physics transfers the stability of God, the unseen stability of God and the hope that we have in him into our present day lives. And so this morning now I'm speaking to those who might have all of that down pat or maybe that's not the biggest issue for them. But for uh, the sorts of people this morning who are saying, Sam, yeah, yeah, I get all that, but I've got some big decisions to make this year. I, uh, how do I... How do I know that I'm going to make that right decision? You're feeling that tension because you know what's coming up, but you don't know if you're going to be ready for that. And remember, uh, part of the reason you're feeling that tension is that I said in week one that knowing what's next doesn't necessarily mean that you are ready for what's next. And let me road test this with you. But, but you could know, for example, you could know that you're in a season of life when you're going to get married. And yet you might be asking, uh, am I ready for marriage? Uh, Am I going to find the right person for marriage? How do I know how to find the right person for marriage? Uh, You could know that you're moving into retirement. And yet you're thinking, how do I know that I'm going to do it well, that I'm going to be wise with my money, that it's not going to affect me that much emotionally? You could know that the kids are about to move out of home. That's just great news. <laughs> um, you see what I'm getting at? That, haven't you ever found that, that 90% of life's decisions actually don't involve a right or a wrong decision? In fact, 90% of life's decisions require multiple right decisions. And being prepared for what is next, you could know what is coming next, but your real question you're asking is, how do I know that I can make the right decision when there are multiple right decisions to be made? Some of you, you might have known those quadrants that they do in the business world when they talk about knowing that you know and knowing that you don't know. Anyone heard that? Yep, that funny quadrant. I love to think that way. Uh, Um. 
What I want to talk about this morning is how do you know about what you don't know when you're thinking about what's next? Many of us know things that we do know, but even scarier is what about the things that I know that I don't know, or even scarier, what about the things that I don't know that I don't know that are coming next? Haven't some of you felt that when sickness has hit you at the wrong time? When life's blindsided you, how do you know that you're going to be prepared? And so maybe the question we want to look at this morning is, can I know what I don't know? And the great news that we'll hear from the Bible is that that that, that answer is yes. You can know what you don't know. And the thing that you're really after is not more information, by the way. The thing that you're after is wisdom. I love Proverbs. The reason why... The reason why we read a whole snippet of Proverbs, anyone start to notice that there were some common themes in all of that? Proverbs is the sort of book that, that, that parents write to children. Because you notice the themes in Proverbs, that Proverbs is basically the same things repeated just about five times. Because kids never listen. <laughs> and so for us, the reason that Proverbs is written in such a way is you'll find that, that these themes recur over and over and over again because we often don't listen and we need to be told about five times until it beds into our life. And so we see this common theme from Proverbs this morning that what you really need when you're moving into your next season in order to be prepared is wisdom. Because wisdom is this. Wisdom is the ability to make right decisions when there's multiple right decisions. To be able to apply the right insight into the appropriate context. Let me give you an example. Uh, The right insight is to know that tomato is a fruit. A lack of wisdom is to put tomato into a fruit salad. (laughs) So wisdom is taking the right insights and placing them into the right context. And the Bible says you can know that. And you want to know how? You can know that because, believe it or not, when you look at people who are two to three steps ahead of you, 90% of the people that you will meet who are ahead of you have been through the things that you're about to go through. That it's actually possible to, to pull this wisdom into your life. And so now before we start talking about it, before some of you switch off, because I know what some of you might be thinking, this kid looks like he's 15. (laughs) What's he going to say about wisdom? Well, two things. First of all, remember, I'm always just a male boy. So it's not my wisdom, it's God's wisdom. I'm just delivering the message this morning. (laughs) But I've also discovered, haven't you found that there's actually not a linear relationship? There's no correlation between age and wisdom. I mean, have you ever met a few dumb older people in your life? (laughs) Be real. (laughs) Some of them are coming to mind. And and have you met some some younger people that you go, man, this person is wise beyond their... Yes. So there's no linear relationship between age and wisdom. And in fact, the Bible says that there are some secrets that we can have this morning to grow in wisdom. But coming back to it, whatever season you're about to move into, here it is. Whatever season you're about to move into, someone probably somewhere has already been there. Somewhere around you this morning, in this room, this is the beauty of church. That somewhere has already, someone has already been there. But we often think that because we're different, you know, we're all unique. Someone told you when you're younger, you're a snowflake. <laughs> you're unique, you're different. We think, well, because we're unique, that someone else's experiences is not going to apply to my life. 
but can I get an amen from anyone who's over the age of about 60? Like you do enough life and life sort of feels like, well, as Ecclesiastes says, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, right? In fact, I love the principle as a younger preacher to go back to the guys like Spurgeon and Edwards and all of these old guys in all of their old language. And when you strip the principles out, go, they're saying the same thing. Nothing new is under the sun. And so therefore, that is good news for us this morning. Because if we are honest, if we line up our stories, most of us have been in the same place at some time or other. The truth is that someone else a couple of steps ahead of you has experienced what you're about to experience. Whether you're 18 or you're 80. Um, someone has gone to uni before you when you're worrying about what university is going to be like. Someone's gone and purchased a home before you when you're worried about what that major financial decision is going to look like. Someone has had the kids move out of home before you are presently going through that and knows what it feels like when you're an empty nester. Someone has lost a spouse of old age ahead of you and has thrived and knows what that is about. Can you see? There is is the resources here available to you this morning sitting in this room that that, that 9 out of 10 people never think to ask for. And in fact, you you can get it this morning with a very special little device. Do you want to see my wisdom machine? It's sort of like an anchor. I love it. It looks like this. It's a wisdom machine. It's a telephone In fact, I had to explain that to my kids because they don't know what this looks like. (laughs) That's not an iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, this. This is a this is a wisdom machine, and and ironically, with this wonderful wisdom machine, this is really strange. This works exactly like an anchor in some respects because the physics of a wisdom machine is that that if you use this. This can actually transform and transfer things from your future down this line into your ears and into your life that are going to equip you and resource you for the years to come. Can you believe that? <laughs> so um, this wisdom machine, I, w- I want to I talk about that this morning because really what, what it is that you need for preparing for what next is not information, but you need people who have been through what you are going through so they can tell you what you do know in areas of your life that you don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> do you use it? See, that's the question now that we've got to ask ourselves, particularly... If we think that we do know him, what is, what's ironic is this guy Solomon that we read uh, some of his proverbs this morning, some of his writings. Solomon, if you don't know him, was a king, a Jewish king that lived thousands of years ago. And in fact, he was such a wise Jewish king uh, that people would come from all around the countryside uh, to listen to him and to hear from him because of this prosperous nation that he had built. And what is fascinating about Solomon, you would think, right, if you are the wisest guy on earth, that you almost deserve the right not to have to use the wisdom machine, (laughs) right? But what you will see is that there is no greater person in the Bible that says to you, for heaven's sake, get wisdom than the wisest guy on earth. And I reckon there's a secret in that. Could it be, I don't know, work with me here in the model, could it be that the wisest guy on earth has worked out some of the secrets to that wisdom? Do you want to know what they are? Here's the first one that he gives us. Let's have a look at this. 
this passage here. Do you see people who are wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for fools than for them. Proverbs 26 verse 12. So um, I'm going to ask you some three questions uh, that we're going to process this morning. But, but the first question that, that Solomon asks us through this passage is this, is that are you willing uh, to even pick up the phone? In other words, are you willing to ask people for advice? Solomon says one of the most dangerous, one of, one of the most precarious situations that you can be in is this, that you think you know, that you think that you know that you know. And it, it, it's the most dangerous place for you to be. Now, seriously, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's just God's timing or it's confirmation bias, but why is it that whenever I've got to talk about wisdom, Nick Kyrgios is playing tennis? <laughs> Because I couldn't believe it. This was a gift uh, this week, again, in the papers. Andre Agassi, one of the greatest coaches, one of the greatest tennis players in the world. You guys read this? What do you say? Title of the, of, of the article, Nick Kyrgios needs a coach. And Agassi says this, I'm a big believer in life and what I've learned is that learning in 10 minutes would take someone by themselves 10 years to do the same thing. And now it's a very, to ask someone is a very effective way to maximize the short window that you get in this sport. To go it alone and not get access to the things tried and the lessons learned is an unforced error. How good's that? But having no coach is better than having the wrong coach. Mm, we're going get, to get to that in a second. But, oh, good old Nick Kyrgios. We all laugh. Don't laugh at Nick. Um, don't laugh until you hear this because I, I think we all suffer from a life-limiting, a life-debilitating condition. I've called it this. It's called multiple curiosis. <laughs> and here's how you know you've got it. Lots of people think, oh my goodness. Um, don't go to your specialist, by the way, and ask them if you've got this. I made it up, okay? You want to know how you know whether or not you've got multiple curiosis? You think that you know what you're doing in multiple areas of life. So what Solomon is saying to us through the Proverbs here is the one way to know whether you're a wise or you're a fool, the one way to know whether you're a, that you're wise is that you think you're a fool, or the way to know that you're a fool is that you think that you are wise. So ask someone for heaven's sake, are you willing to pick up the phone? But I said too here, having no coaches better than having the wrong coach said Agassi and I think that's true uh, we're going to keep looking at that Proverbs fifteen twenty two then says this plans fail for a lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed so first question is are you willing to pick up the phone but then the second question is are you willing to talk to the person on the other side of it uh, like my little Chelsea hasn't worked this out yet has she whenever I call her and speak to Chelsea she says hi data and then it's just silence for, you can hear mum in the background saying, you've got to talk, honey, you've got to talk. <laughs> and as a pastor, I say this time and time again, that uh, there are people who are willing to ask for advice and then it comes into the context of sharing what they're really going through and they don't want to talk. Mark Twain said that there is a, a dark side of the moon in every person. 
what he was getting at is that haven't you found how people orbit around everyone else with their best face forward? And, and if we're real about it, church is the one place where we often try and do that the best, don't we? Go to church, we try and wear our best clothes, try and put on our best face. We get to church, we get worried, are oh, the kids going to make noise? Um, what if people find out what I'm going through? Uh, what if people think or find out that I haven't got my life together? In other words, we get into this context and we place our best face forward and we're not willing to talk. Are you willing to move to a place where there are people who are close enough to you that you are willing to let them see your dark side? I don't mean that in a sinister way, but I mean your weaknesses, your flaws, your sins, the things that you're wrestling with, all of that. Are you willing to come into a place of mutual trust so much so that you're willing to let people see your dark side? And you know what happens in that? You know what happens? That something special happens uh, when, when you do that. Um, people also come out of their shell. Have you noticed that? Have you ever been in group where, where you do that sharing time in connection group and everyone's sharing about their week and what they've been up to and, and then everyone's shared their G-rated version of the week and then someone shares their R-rated version of the week? Have you ever noticed how people, people go, oh, we're telling stories like that now, are we? Can we go back? Can I tell my story again? <laughs> There's a power and a beauty in vulnerability when you're honest with people. And frankly, why, do we, why are we doing groups? Seriously, why, why, why do we do? I'm sure some of you are thinking, here we go again, it's January, Northside's got group stuff up again, Emily's going to talk about Wiki Church. And why are we doing groups? We're doing groups because when you share honestly with people, when you pick up the phone and when you show people your dark side and you see, by the way, that there's a dark side of someone else and you see, by the way, that that dark side often and many times is the same thing you're going through, firstly, a powerful bond is created between the two of you. And more often than not, there is a healing that is available to the person who shares. Don't do groups so you can just... Have someone to hang out with or we can chop another hour in your life. And, and by, the, by the way, can I give you a bit of remedial massage? That's all right. That's how I see myself, spiritual. Some of you have got a few knots in this area. Some of you, you see this announcement. Some of you get called. Some of you get an email. Would you like to join a group this year? And the answer is no, I'm fine. Because on one hand, you're saying I'm willing, I'm willing to pick up the phone. But then you're like Chelsea. <laughs> you, you, you've got to talk. Move into the places where you are honest enough that people can see your dark side and in so doing bring a beauty about it. Now I get that this is not easy because maybe some of you, you've been hurt by Christians and you've been hurt by the church and you've been hurt by these groups that aren't perfect. But I love what Brené Brown says about it. She's like the queen of vulnerability. She says, vulnerability sounds like truth but it feels like courage. And the more we share, the little bit more braver we become. So not only do you need to pick up the phone, but you need to be honest with people, move into their lives and your lives in such a way that they see your dark side. Now some of you are saying, hang on, wait on a minute, you know, open my life up to strangers that are not ministers or counsellors or therapists. You know, what sort of qualifications have they got? Uh, you ready for it? Here's their qualification. They're not you. <laughs> And that's the that's a beautiful thing about it because at least my last point this morning is not only must you be willing to pick up the phone, but then to not only willing to pick up the phone, but then to talk. 
But then here is Proverbs says here in, in chapter 13, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. What Solomon means, that's why I had to use this particular phone because we don't have it as obvious, the old Telstra classic, isn't it? The question is, have you got the right people on speed dial? Have you got the, the go-to people in your life that are wise, that are trusted, the ones that you can be vulnerable with? So I'm not saying be vulnerable with everyone. Choose carefully. and don't. Is, uh, sometimes our biggest hesitation is we don't know whom to choose, but are there people in your life that you can go on speed dial? And here's what they do. I guess I've got to ask you this question. Um, how do you see between the shoulder blades of your soul? You know, I'm like 37, and there's parts of my body that I've never seen. (laughs) And I'm 37, and there's parts of my character that I've never seen. Which, as a side note, is part of the beauty and the wonder of covenant relationship that is called marriage. There is someone that you can be honest with that sees your dark side, that loves you anyway, and that can reveal to you the things that you don't see. And isn't it funny? Haven't you found it? Because I'm sure you do this. You ever notice that you know what's between the shoulder blades of everyone else's soul way better than your own? You know, if you've got those friends that they've got the reputation, the way you know it is, I'm sure we've all done this. Come on, it's not just me, is it? But you know, that person that leaves the room and oh my goodness, they just will not shut up. They won't stop talking. Is it always about them? Or, or can't they see this is just ridiculous? What have I got to do? A child, a friend, what have I got to do? You ever had people like that in your life? Ever caught yourself saying that? Oh, so it's just me. Oh, that's it. Next, next week, Brene Brown, she's the preacher. We all need a lesson on vulnerability. <laughs> but if, thank you, I see that hand. So here's a question. If, if we know that it's true of the way that we do that with everyone else, don't you think everyone else is saying that about us? And so if that's the case, how do you find out what that is? You've got to have the right people on speed dial. But more importantly, you've got to have the right people that love you enough that they will proactively tell you when you've got stuff in your teeth. You know that sort of person? Normally it's a spouse or a good friend. <laughs> But have you noticed, if you're out in the social circle, like 10 people can see someone with a bed of lettuce in their teeth and they will say nothing. <laughs> Real friends tell you when you've got something in your teeth. <laughs> I've got one of those. He's down with the kids this morning, looking after all of them. I've got one of those. He's, he's, he's my man. He often says this phrase to me, Sam, proactively, he says, Sam, I know that you would want to know this. Have you got someone like that in your life? If you don't, you need to work out, you need to build your, your speed dial. All the names of these people, Tam, Cam, Graham, Mobile. this must have been GA's old phone from home. It is, Northside, Bank, Police. <laughs> no wonder we're such a healthy church. He's already lived this sermon. Some of you, he's on your speed dial. Give him a call and say that thank you for the life lesson. But seriously, is there, are there the people who would say to you, I know that you would want to know this? Because true friends know, know you and love you enough 
to tell you the truth than to be worried about the friendship. That's how you know they're a true friend. If they're worried about the friendship, they're not a true friend. True friends love you deep enough and more powerfully enough to tell you the truth at the risk of the friendship because they move beyond it. So, are you willing to pick up the phone? Are you willing to talk? Be connected? Be vulnerable? Be honest? But most importantly, have you got the right people on speed dial? More importantly, what is it that's keeping you from picking up the phone? What is it that's keeping you from using this magical wisdom machine? For some of us this morning, maybe it's been the bracket creep of self-reliance. Life just gets on and you think you've worked out the life model and that's it. It just creeps up on you. You never did it willingly. Maybe maybe for some of us, we haven't realised that there's nothing new under the sun. Maybe some of us haven't realized the wonderful resource that each of us have in this place. As a multi-generational church, one of the biggest issues of foolishness that we see in our society at the moment is what I call the generational pride. Because on one hand, you, you have a generation that's lived life and often their statement is, oh, these younger people, they never... Listen... That's just the problems with the young people. They, they never listen. And, and then you have the young people over here and, and they say, you know, the problem with the older people, they just don't get it. <laughs> they don't even have Instagram installed on their phones. <laughs> In fact, I know an older person when I see them, they use their iPhones with just one finger. <laughs> it's how you know that you're in that generation. But, but look, look, at, look, at the, look at the heart of it. What's, what's underneath all of that? Curiosis. Curiosis, a generational pride that on, on one hand says, yeah, we've, we've got it, we've got, we've got no more wisdom to be learnt. And by the way, subconsciously, oh, that you can't get wisdom from anyone who's younger than you. And over here, oh, well, you can't get wisdom from them because they just don't get it. My generation understands what it is. The Bible says, wise in your own eyes, that's a foolish way to be. This place provides you with the most beautiful opportunity to cross the generations and to find wisdom in your life. And so this morning, for many of us, as I finish, um, you know, when I was a kid, kid, and I might have shared this story with some of you guys, but um, my dad told me as a little three-year-old never to touch the oil heater. We had this old oil heater that was was there in the lounge room, and I loved it because it was mysterious. It just The flames burnt behind this sort of amberish brown glass and it just looked alluring from the outside and and uh, I used to play around with it used to get my sister's Barbie dolls and push their head against it and melt the hair off the Barbies and and dad would forever catch me out you know, moving moving up towards that oil heater and 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 he'd I'd start to pull my shirt up but he's like don't touch the oil heater and um, don't touch the oil heater. He did it time and time again. Anyway, I was really smart one day. I, I, I could just, I remember sensing it that I could, I just waited till dad was not in the room and I thought, I'm going to show him. <laughs> and so uh, when he was not looking at us, I went right up to that thing and I pulled up my little singlet and I put my stomach straight onto that oil heater. <laughs> now, is that foolishness? Maybe. <laughs> But see, um, foolishness is two things. It's being out of touch with the realities of life, but then it's also when you should know better. 
And on one hand, is it, let me ask the question this way. If I did that as a 37-year-old, is that foolishness? Yeah. Because it's out of touch with my realities, but most importantly, I should know better. And here's what I'm saying this morning. If you're a Christian, this stuff's nothing new. Reading the Proverbs, it's dad saying, do this, seek wisdom, do that. Like it's not new information to you this morning. But the big challenge for you and I in any wrestle that we have in life is we have these moments where we get to points in life and we think, you know what, I'm just going to wait until dad's not watching and I'm just going to do it my way. And the Bible is always saying there is going to be pain involved. That's the choice before you this morning. But I also speak to you, who's uh, those that are checking out Christianity. It's that time of year that I cheek is tongue in cheek say to you. You know, we see a lot of people in this place saying, you know, I'm this year 2018. I'm going to take up yoga. I'm going to take up Pilates. I'm going to take up Christianity. But all I want to ask you this morning is. Are you asking yourself the question, what if I could know what I don't know about God? You want to know about all these other mysteries of life, the career, where I'm headed, the relationship that I'm in. And I'm saying the good news is you can know about that. And the other great news for you this morning is you can know about the mysteries of God and where he wants to take you in your life. Are you applying the same level of rigor to seeking that sort of wisdom about your career as you are to the great spiritualities of life? You know, Jesus said, he said to a, a, a guy, Nathaniel, uh, Jesus did a funny little trick and a miracle and Nathaniel was amazed because he was skeptical. He said, Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus does this miracle. Nathaniel believes and Jesus says, Nathaniel, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hang, hang with me long enough and you are going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In other words, you don't know what you don't know yet. And can I say to some of you this morning, you don't know what you don't know. There is a life, there is a fullness, there, there is a wonder that if you're willing by faith to continue to take these steps to ask the questions about who Jesus Christ is, you don't know what you're in for. And most importantly, is the wisest guy on earth, not Solomon, but Jesus Christ. And when you follow his ways, then it leads to a life where you are ready to go. How can you be absolutely sure, church, what you, that you are ready for what you are headed into this week? The good news is you can know if you use this magic machine. So are you, are you picking up the phone? Are you willing to admit that you don't know certain things in your life? Are you willing to talk and be honest with people? Connect in. Have you got the right people on speed dial? I'm, I'm working on this stuff. So go and do likewise. Let's pray. Father, I'm praying for some of us this morning that there would be that openness, that there is, there is knots of stubbornness in our lives this morning if we're real about it. And Father, I want to press into that for each and every one of us. Father, the things that we hide from others, the things that we think are sort of the things that if we dare to push hard enough into our souls, we recognize that there is fear and there is anxiety and, and that we are building stuff to hide that and protect that for a fear of being found out. Father, I want to pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal that to us this morning, um, that it would bring it to light and open up the possibilities um, for healing and for wonder into these areas. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for a church too that is moving into deeper spaces of openness and honesty with one another. 
that you would guide that process, Father, that we understand that it be fragile and that you would protect that process in all that we do this year. Father, that we would become people uh, of stability and of wisdom and that we would transfer that across the generations in ways that is wondrous and fulfilling. Um, So Lord, whatever it is that you're to speak to us in these moments now, will you prepare us for that? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.